It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. PSENG, we make things work for you. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we are recapping the Giants' 23-20 victory over Washington as the Giants improved to 2-7 and seven overall, 2-2 two and two in the division, and they have now won five straight over Washington, two straight seasons in which they have swept the season series. And, Bob, this was a game which always got interesting because it seems that's just the way the Giants go this year, but they were plus five in turnover differential, and they played a clean football game. And that's certainly a big step in the right direction, and they made two interceptions when their defense needed it most to prevent Washington from getting into field goal range. Yeah, I mean, Lance, normally when you're plus five in the turnover category, uh, you're not sweating out a last-minute pick uh, to win the football game. And, you know, they made some of the mistakes that they – have made throughout this entire season that brought this game closer than it was. But in the end, you know, they get the win. Uh, And the most impressive part about this is their ability once again to run the football. Gallman with 68 yards rushing, Morris with 67 yards rushing from the two running backs that matter. Uh, And Daniel Jones did not turn the football over. Remember, this is a guy that 36 giveaways, the most in the NFL, since the beginning of 2019, and, uh, you know, he protected the football when he really needed to. Now, you know, only the coaches will know, and, and, and they'll be able to tell better than we can, you know, with that pressure that came at the end, and, and is that's something that he needs to see pre-snap. But with that said, when Cameron Curl came in on that blitz, Jones could have easily coughed the football up, but he didn't, and he didn't throw any interceptions today, so that's some progress, Carl. Yeah, it is, Bob. And, and, and to your point, too, you, you, we talk about this being such a close game, but they did the things that were necessary to win. And you, you spoke before we came on the air. We could easily be talking about how well they played and lost. But they put enough things in the plus category, and they took care of business when they had their opportunities uh, to close out the game defensively. And that's what you want. You want that from a team. You got you're either going to lose ugly – or win ugly, and you take the ugly win either way. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case that in the Philadelphia and Tampa games, they actually played better, but they lost. They made mistakes. Ingram with another key drop in this game nearly led to an interception on another drop. Um, you know, that hurt them because you would have had first and 10 at the plus 27 and in field goal range to extend the lead, um, put the ball on the ground. I guess the one big thing, Carl, that's you know comes out of nowhere, it feels like, you solve some problems, and then other problems pop up. I mentioned during the broadcast, coming into this game, the Giants had only given up five pass plays of 30 or more yards. Cooper Cup had a 55-yard touchdown. Well, that was the only touchdown. And that air balloon that went through to Hightower for 59 yards. Mm-hmm. But only five. They gave up four today. McLaurin, the 68-yard touchdown catch. And then Cam Sims had catches of 45, 33, and 32. What happened to allow these big plays? Because that's what got Washington back in this game. Well, it did. But you look at the effort of of how they got there. Now, the McLaurin 
was a Cam Yadam uh, assist, if you will. The other two plays, it just tells you Washington went to school because the Giants early on in the season were having trouble with picks. Now, he's the the unusual suspect, if you will, in, in their array of receivers, and they used him in the picking game. They double-picked, and he's crossing, and he runs across twice and hits him for big yards. So they'll have to clean that up. They have to continuously uh, look at the things that hurt them, not just in a two-game sample, but go all the way back because teams will do this. They'll go back and do their homework and see where they can exploit the Giants. But the McCurlin play, that's Cam Yadam. I mean, you either make that interception or you break the play up, and he did neither. Well, he had three options. Make the interception, break the play up, or if you're not going to play the ball, if you're that tentative, make then tackle. make the tackle. Yeah. He did none of the three, Yeah, uh, which gave which gave Washington life. All right, Lance, uh, I'm being told that you're ready to go to phone calls. I am ready indeed at 877-337-6666. Let's open up the lines and we check in with Scott in Teterboro. Scott, welcome aboard. What do you got? Scott going once. Scott going twice. Scotty! Scott, three strikes, Scotty! and you're out. No contact for Scott, a man of very few words. Let's see if Dwight in Ellenwood, Georgia, is a little bit more talkative than Scott. What's happening, Dwight? I'm with you, Lance. How you doing, man? Doing very well. What's on your mind? Excellent win. I'll take it. Even though the mistakes, they got to stop making these mistakes. And then when Carl was talking about those picks, that's what they have to do. They need to make sure the DBs are checking these picks out because that's what killed them uh, last week a couple of times with Tampa Bay. But I take the win, and the defense came through. Thank you very much. All right, Dwight. Appreciate the phone call. And the defense did come through in terms of being opportunistic and you know not really allowing Washington to have any gifts, guys, in the course of this game. Because, Bob, as you alluded to, you know this was the first game Daniel Jones played clean football. It's actually the first time since, coincidentally, they were in Landover, Maryland in Week 16 last season. That was the last time the Giants had a clean football game overall. And you know this is not the type of team, considering their struggles offensively, that you want to change field position for them so that they can capitalize under those circumstances. Yeah, I mean, they didn't give Washington any short fields. I mean, the Giants, you know, they created a short field when, you know, you had the fumbled punt or they forced the fumble on the punt return. And, yeah, it's a difference in the ball game, pretty much, Lance. Uh, five turnovers. Usually when you, as I said at the beginning, when you win uh, at plus five, usually it's not a nail-biting three-point win, but that is kind of Giants football these days. Indeed. Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by the New York Lottery is the Giants Daily Call-In Show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1, all part of the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. We'll step aside. Coming up later, we'll hear from head coach Joe Judge, get his take on the team's second win. His second win overall is the Giants' top Washington 23-20. They improved to 2-7 and seven, and, most important, 2-2 two and two in divisional play. We'll be back right after this. Smith out of the gun, back to throw. Has time, pumps over the middle, intercepted! Picked off by Logan Ryan, and he slides down to seal the deal. That is the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants, as the Giants were able to pick off Alex Smith on each of the last two Washington possessions, and it adds up to a 23-20 victory for Big Blue as the Giants improved to 
two and seven on the season, two and two in divisional play. They were able to get three interceptions off of Alex Smith, Blake Martinez, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, who you just heard. Also recovered two fumbles, one by Peppers, one by Madre Hopper on special teams. And the Giants were plus five in turnover differential. They're now zero on the season. They had 10 takeaways in the first Eight games, five alone in game number eight. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Giants celebrating their three-point victory on the road, sweeping the season series over Washington. Let's head back to the lines at 877-337-6666. John is in Sunset Park. John, what's happening? Hi, I just had a question. Do you think next year, assuming Barkley comes back healthy, that they can build in more of a role for Gorman. I really like Gorman. He looks like a really good back. I understand with Barkley there, you want him on the field, but do you think more of a role could be built for Gorman? All right, John. Appreciate the phone call. And I know, Bob and Carl, you guys were talking about this during the course of the broadcast, that he really fell out of the rotation late last season, this season taking advantage of the Barkley injury, and when he's in, we're seeing a spark, and he's done that consistently. He now has a rushing touchdown in each of the last three games. He, you know, he's ever ready is, is, is the best way to subscribe him because he's confident in what he can do. Uh, he stays prepared, and when they put him on the field, you can see the energy he brings to the offense. Yeah, I mean, in his rookie year under Ben McAdoo, um, he started one game, um, he got 111 touches, 111 carries for 476 yards. Not bad. Uh, 34 catches for 193 yards. Then Pat Shermer came in, and the numbers got cut in half the following year as far as carries, 51. And then last year, I mean, he got 29 carries for 110 yards and 11 catches. Like, he was buried. I mean, he was a healthy scratching games last year. Yeah. You and I never understood it. Uh, we're Gallman fans, and I think you need, as great a player as Saquon Barkley is, um, it, when he's healthy, you don't play with one running back. No, you, you want to have a change of pace, and we can see what the change of pace does to defenses, uh, even in the absence of Barkley, when you have two guys and then uh, Lewis that comes in, it just it, it, it gives you so much flexibility in what you can do, especially if those guys can do everything. And Goldman is a player that is uh, a much more physical player than his stature. Um, he gets hard yards, Carl. Yeah, he does. Um, he gets he turns what looks like a one yard gain into a four yard gain, and he doesn't have negative carries. There is a place, you know, in the future in the universe for the Giants for a guy like Wayne Gallman if they choose to stick with him because, you know, his rookie contract will expire and they'll have to make a decision. It's not like there'll be a huge market for him, I don't think. But he's a player that is a valuable player. You need players like that. You need good football players. Yeah, you do. And, you know, you talk about the market. There will be a market for him um, because he has value and he brings value at the premier level I don't know what the market will be for running backs anyway, but there'll be a lot of teams who could benefit from him uh, in their on their roster and in their rotation. I just hope that the Giants see the value and uh, find a way to keep him on in a blue uniform. 
It's interesting because Saquon Barkley got hurt last season in week three in Daniel Jones' debut at Tampa Bay. And then Goldman had started the Washington game, which the Giants won 24-3. to And then, unfortunately, he suffered a concussion, if memory serves me correct, in the very next game against the Vikings. So he was limited to two carries. And then after that, little by little, Saquon Barkley returned to the lineup. But we are talking about the Giants' rushing attack, which was very productive over the course of their win over Washington 23-20. And the Giants' power report brought to you by PSE&G, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. 35 runs for 165 yards. Wayne Goleman led the way with 14 carries for 68 yards. Alfred Morris, 9 for 67. And as Bob and Carl were mentioning, I think probably the best way to break down how effective the rushing attack was, if you remove the kneel downs that happened at the end of the first half and the second half, they had one negative run today. And that was just Alfred Morris, who had a loss of two yards in the second half. Outside of that, everything else was positive yardage. And that is a step in the right direction as well. Let's head back to the lines at 877-337-6666. And we check in with Ralph in Florida. Ralph, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, you know, happy with the win, of course. You know, anytime you win, good. I just got to ask Carl, being a former player, does one play really, like, turn the momentum of the game? I mean, really, because after Edmund Ingram's drop, it just seemed like the whole air just got taken out of this team. And I, I've never seen something like that. Is that only happening back in your call? Uh, no, it, it, it has always happened because when those types of plays happen in key moments and you're in a tenuous situation just based on your win-loss record, the, you know, the, the balance is so delicate whether or not you can go in the tank or fight out of it. And you saw it in the Philadelphia game. I'm sorry, in the Dallas game. No, no, it's Philadelphia game when you're running your five-minute offense and Philly never sees the field again if he catches the ball. Or, you know, when you have a key drop and you're basically in route to putting the game away or at least getting a field goal and limiting what the opponent could do and stopping their momentum. So football is a game of momentum. So I don't know if it's subconscious or conscious or both, but when you have a play in an untimely spot by a player you're counting on to make it for you, it shifts your momentum. It shifts the, the energy shifts on your team. Now, you contrast that with what happened defensively for the Giants, a unit that has played well, that have a little more, I would say, mental balance. They gave up some plays. But their last two series of the football game, they went out and made interceptions. So they didn't get down in the dumps. But, you know, these things can tip the balance either way when you have a guy or or situations that could put your team over the top. And, Ralph, appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. For more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind each week for a breakdown of the X's and O's with analysis from one of our Giants legends, all part of the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank, available on your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. As the Giants hold off Washington 23-20 to to snap a two-game skid and prove to 2-7 and seven overall on the season. Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Joe Judge, get his take on the Giants' second win of the season. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're- Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as the Giants top Washington on the road 23-20 to to improve to 2-7 and on the season. It's now time for the coach's press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Here is Joe Judge addressing the media following the team's win. We saw that down the stretch. This we meeting is being uh, recorded. Working for this week. 
you know, I'd say also, you know, a note to, uh, you know, Allen's injury. Obviously, our thoughts are with him. We hope that nothing's severe. He's a good competitor. We have a lot of respect for him. We don't see anyone leave the game or anything like that. And then Alex Smith coming in the game. We have a tremendous amount of respect for him. We knew the second he came in, the game plan was going to change slightly from what Allen would have done. But obviously, we knew he was a very capable player who he showed going through the stretch. And obviously, a lot of things that give them a chance to win at the end. So that being said, like, over to any questions. Otis Livingston, CBS. Congratulations, Joe, on the victory. Um, after so many close losses, once they cut the lead to three, what was the vibe on the sideline that you got? Was it, oh, no, here we go again, or no, not this time? No, for us, the whole message was finished. You know, that's the thing you could constantly hear our players saying over and over and over. We talked about that before the game at halftime, throughout the game on the sideline. We had to finish the game. So, you know, when we took the field, you know, a number of times in that fourth quarter, the message was finished. That's what the players were ready for. Uh, we had to respond to whatever came our way. Washington made some plays down the stretch, but we were able to come away with some big turnovers and some key situations. And, uh, you know, you kind of get player, uh, players like Logan and Blake to make some plays for you down the stretch, and they came through for us. Paul Schwartz, New York Post. Hey, Joe. Hey. Um, hey, in a game where um, your team has five turnovers, you know, forces five turnovers and doesn't do any, um, and the margin is only three points, um, what does that tell you about uh, what happened in this game, and, and, and where would your team have been without those turnovers? Well, that's a big part of the game. And obviously between penalties and turnovers and mental errors, those are things you have to eliminate to have a chance to win the game. Our team came out here prepared today. We did a good job with turnovers and ball security. We did a good job in terms of limiting some of the penalties. There's still things we have to get off the map right there and eliminate from how we're playing. We don't want to have anything to take us back within drives. Uh, and mental errors, the guys played a pretty clean game. They were very well prepared in all three sides of the ball. I'm pleased with some of the things we were able to install for our guys on Saturday. Um, the last call of the game was something Pat was able to put in a walkthrough on Saturday. We talked Saturday morning. He thought it was something that could help. Obviously, it was. You know, Logan was a feature player on that defense, and he's able to come away with the play pretty much exactly how Pat designed it. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Hey, Joe. I know we obviously have asked you a lot about Daniel Jones and turning the ball over. He didn't turn it over tonight. I know he when he got sacked, he held on to the ball. There was a few occasions where he threw it away instead of trying to force it. Like, was it encouraging seeing him kind of not make the same mistakes that he had been a lot of the season? I think Daniel played a really good game today. thought he distributed the ball across the board. I saw him make a lot of really good decisions uh, when he was in tight kind of conflict in the pocket, throwing the ball away at different times. He was able to run with some good ball security and make sure he got some tough yards for us and delivered a lot of good accurate passes. So I thought Daniel really managed the game, controlled the game, was able to make some plays for us down the stretch. Um, I'm very pleased with how he prepared throughout the week and the results we got from him today. What can you say about uh, Alfred Morris, who, uh, you know, he came up from the practice squad and he, the last two weeks he's had some big runs, especially today. Yeah, I mean, look, we count on everybody on our roster to make production for us. You know, everyone on our team is part of the plan every week. You know, Alfred's a guy that came in here, took him a few weeks of kind of getting really into football shape, you know, along with our offense. He had a jump start from his time for Jason before. But, look, he hasn't wasted opportunities. He's gotten in. He's made big runs for us. Um, he's a guy that our guys respond to a lot. We knew, you know, this was a game that he was going to come down and like he would any week. But this is a game that meant something to him right here, and he came in and really gave us some good production. Thanks. I'm Rock Newsday. Joe, you probably didn't get exactly what you wanted out of that last possession there, only taking 16 seconds off the clock. But the last play when Daniel gets sacked and his arm is kind of behind him with, with the ball in it and, he, and he's able to hold on to it, you know, is that is that the kind of play that you probably maybe doesn't make earlier in the season? Yeah, I couldn't really answer that one right there, Tom. I'm pleased with how it worked out ball security-wise in that play. Obviously, we don't want to have a free runner make a hit on our quarterback. Uh, but the goal is to end every drive with a kick, you know, an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. You know, whatever time of game that is, we were able to end it in that drive right there with a punt. We got good, uh, you know, from Riley came in there, 
gives a little bit of field position that defense go able to go out there and make a play. And then can you just talk about the week that Logan had, you know, between the, you know, obviously, obviously the thing with his wife and then, and then sealing this win. I think it's kind of just who Logan is. Uh, Logan's a very mentally tough football player. He's a great team leader. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know or see that Logan really brings to a team. Um, that's something I've seen really evolve throughout his career. You know, first coaching him when he was a younger player and then having to coach against him when he was on an opponent team an opposing team and he beat you. And you know that he's a key catalyst in one of those games. And now being back on a team with him, you can see, you know, how his maturity and his age has really helped him settle in to really what his personality is. And Logan's a tremendous leader for us on and off the field. And he brings a lot of versatility on the field. But I say the things he went through all the time, you know, we talk a lot to our players about overcoming adversity. This is a guy that overcame adversity on the field this week, made big plays, but really off the field is where it started. And the things that he had away from the, away from the building, he never brings it in. You know, he comes on in. You can ask him how it is. He's always going to tell you everything's going great, even though you know it's not. Uh, he puts the team first when he's in the building. He's all business. And he always takes time to personally check on his teammates. You know, I couldn't tell you how glad I am to have Logan on this team um, and how valuable he is to us. Dan Duggan, The Athletic. Joe, I mean, you really shuffled the offensive line more than you even have uh, previously. Just what was the, the thought process with that? Was that all predetermined, or was that based on the game, and, and how did you think it played out? No, it's like I've said, you know, previous press conferences, Dan, I just want to play everyone at the game right there. So, you know, tackle-wise, we're really three for two at that spot. Guard-wise, say we're really two for two. Um, you know, Will should be back, you know, sooner than later for us. I plan on being three for two at those positions as well inside. So we're going to try to play everyone at the game every week, make sure we stay fresh, give everybody experience, keep on improving. I think we have good players at position. We'll give them a chance to play. Thanks, Joe. Art Stapleton. Hey, Joe. Uh, on the play that you said you guys installed on, on Saturday, was that similar to the play that you had the last time you played Washington when Bradbury was in the right spot on one of the crossers, or is it, was it a completely different scheme and, and coverage? It was a different coverage. It, it was a different coverage. I mean, both have some kind of disguise to them, which is really kind of what Pat does a good job of, you know, using pieces. He does a really good job of being able to do things that are similar in nature and concept and then just change up the presentation of them. So there's different ways of getting the familiar schemes for us. That's something we have to be able to do as a team to play and what our strengths are, but be able to change up so they can't just sit back and identify everything. Alex is a very experienced player. You know, he's seen a lot of different defenses. You know, last week we had Tom. Tom's seen every different defense you could imagine throwing at him. So you have to be creative in how you play what you really want to play, but really it's about how you present it to them and what they see it as. So again, that was something Pat walked in early Saturday morning. We talked about it, you know, briefly in terms of something he wanted to do. Um, look, I want to let my coaches coach if it's sound, okay, if there's a rhyme and a reason to it and he thinks it's a way for us to be aggressive and make a difference in the game, I'm always, yeah, go ahead, install it, let's play with it. So whether we draw it up in the dirt on the sideline, okay, or we draw it up on Saturday morning, give it to the players and give them time to really go ahead and adjust, we've got to be a smart enough team to take those last-minute adjustments and apply them into a game. We'll take two more, Pat Leonard and Jordan. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. Hey, Joe. Um, Couple guys wanted to ask you about Austin Mack. Uh, lead you guys in receive in receiving. You know, um, how has he become such a significant part of your team uh, so quickly? You know, just by the midpoint of his rookie year. And I know he got hurt, but Caden Smith really seemed to be a huge key to your running game today. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I definitely noticed Caden in several of those drives of him really getting up off the ground after knocking someone to the ground. You know, he's really a good blocker for us. He's also a good receiver for us. So he's really more of a traditional tight end. I think he's really grown in that role in a positive way as a run blocker and receiver. Um, what was the first part of that right there? 
uh, Mac, the leading. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd say, look, the thing about Austin is this guy gets better every day. And he's been that way since day one. You know, we started on the Zoom calls back in, you know, the spring. He's a guy who's one of the first ones signed in. He's there to ask questions early, clean up material. He's always looking for extra work. He's the guy who leaves the field last. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, he takes hard coaching really well. He's a guy I've been very demanding on, challenged him a great deal. But simply put, I think he's a guy that, you know, he hasn't wasted any opportunities. He was on the practice squad, window opened. He came in, he's made plays. All right, ball comes his way. He's productive with it. So really that's just our kind of mode of operation. You know, whoever's at the game, we kind of get production. Today was a good day from him right there. Uh, we kind of get more days like that in the future, but we kind of get more production from all of our players all the time. Last question here, Jordan Renan, ESPN. Joe, I I know you're two and seven, uh, but the reality is you're in the NFC East mix, and now next week is a huge game in regards to the division. What do you think of that, knowing that you're two and seven at this point? Yeah, throw the record away. It's irrelevant. It's going to be a big game for us no matter who we play, but especially at Philadelphia coming in, the record's completely irrelevant in this game, Jordan. And look, we're just trying to go one no every week. I'm not posting in front of my team what the record is for the season. To be completely honest with you right now, that's the last thing we should care about. You know, we have to worry about day by day and week by week making constant improvement as a team and moving in the right direction. I see that. I'm pleased with that. I love the way these guys come to work. I love the way they fight for each other on Sundays. Um, but I don't care what the record is on, on any year. The fact that we're playing Philadelphia, it's a division game. It's obviously a big game for us. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, so that was head coach Joe Judge speaking to the media following the Giants' 23-20 win over Washington. He spoke about Daniel Jones' decision-making as well as the team's ability to close the door, and they will now look ahead, as he mentioned, to Philadelphia at home next Sunday before the bye. And as I bring in Bob and Carl before we bid them goodbye, Bob, one of the statistics that I think jumps out to me from this game is the fact that Daniel Jones throws the ball 34 times. They run the ball 35 times. You love the balance there. And then on the flip side, even though the game got close, Washington only ran the ball nine times, had to throw the ball 39 times. And you like your chances to get five takeaways under those circumstances, given what Washington's offense has struggled to do this season. Yeah, well, uh, Lance, some of the early fumbles uh and then the alex smith interception late in the first half when mckissick fell down and and martinez got the interception led to the 20 to 3 lead so it kind of curtails the opponent's run game and especially with the fact that after washington scored uh, on the opening possession of the third quarter the giants went on a very productive drive although it only ended in three points you know, they took seven minutes and 11 seconds off the clock or whatever it was. So the game got shortened, and it forced Washington to have to be very one-dimensional and throw the football. Yeah, the Giants had the ball for nearly 13 more minutes than Washington. So game flow, to your point, certainly played into the hands of the Giants today. Carl, they got Philadelphia Next Sunday, an opportunity Ooh. to build off of this win, some momentum. I know Joe Judge was asked about how big this game was. They've got plenty more games after that, but now things are all of a sudden setting up nicely for the Giants to maybe make some noise here. Well, they set up for them to, to continue to build on what they've started. And so, I mean, it's <clears throat> you really can't look at this in terms of the division. you got to look at this in, in terms of charting the Giants' growth. Um, they've got to put together a few victories before we can start to talk about, you know, what the division looks like for them um, because they got a lot of things to clean up. Look, when you get five turnovers, you take the victory, but you know if you only won by three and it's a, a ratio of five zip in the turnover category, there should be some 
some things that would have allowed you to have a bigger margin of victory. Yeah, I mean, Lance, um, we could talk about, you know, and I know there will be Giants fans that are going to start taking out the Ouija board and looking at the permutations <laughs> and, you know, how this team can suddenly, you know, insert themselves in the race within the division. To me, Carl, um, and maybe it's just, I, I, I don't know, the way I'm looking at it is this is about, you know, you got to at some point exercise some demons here. Yep. And you're going to be playing against a Washington football team. Let me get my note card out here because I, yeah, uh, I already started on Eagles next week. Team. The Eagles football team. I mean, you got a team that's coming into your building that has beaten you eight straight times. They have beaten you 12 of the last 13. Since 2008, they have beaten you, counting the postseason, 21 out of a possible 26 games. You have found every which way under the sun to lose in overtime, to lose on a 60-yard field goal, to lose on a game in which you led by 11 with six, point, six minutes to go. Forget about division record. Forget about getting yourself in position with a play. The Giants as a franchise need to exercise this demon that is Philadelphia. They do. Figure out a way to win the game. They could could play as ugly as the cows come home. Come away with the victory. They need to beat Philadelphia more than anything else. Yeah, they need to solve the riddle. Plus, it's probably going to be an Eagles team that may be getting Miles Sanders and Alshon Jeffrey both back. According to reports, both of those guys expected to return to practice ahead of that game. Guys, always a pleasure. No, it doesn't help at all. Always a pleasure going back and forth. We'll speak to you next Sunday. No, Lance. Bob Papa, Carl Banks weighing in here as the Giants beat Washington 23-20. We'll step aside, come back. A little bit later on, Jeff Fiegels will join me. We'll also hear from some players as the Giants get their second win of the season and second in the division. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow with you. Giants top Washington 23-20 in Landover, Maryland. So the Giants sweep the season series. They're now 2-7 and seven on the season, 2-2 two and two in divisional play, and they have now won five straight against Washington. The player of the game is brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, ELAC 825, building our future. A number of candidates from today's game, but we're going to give the player of the game to Jabril Peppers because he essentially did a little bit of everything. He was, first of all, responsible for two of the Giants' five takeaways. He recovered a fumble right out of the gates as Washington's very first play after Gibson ran for a few yards, coughed it up, so Peppers was the one that recovered that, and he had one of three interceptions off of Alex Smith. In addition to that, tied for second on the team with six tackles, four solo, and three passes defense. So Jabril Peppers, a big reason why the Giants were able to make the necessary defensive stops in holding off Washington by three. We will step aside. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll get some player reaction. We'll also look ahead to the Eagles game and get your feedback at 877-337-6666. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. The back is to his left. Two receivers left, one to the right. Jones back, looks right, throws end zone, touchdown Giants, Evan Ingram! And we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you as that helped the Giants jump out to an early 20-3 lead in the second quarter. 
Evan Ingram hauling in the touchdown pass from Daniel Jones. It capped a 10-play, 77-yard drive that took 4.53 off the clock. That is the scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. They had 51 rushing yards of the 77 on that drive. So they were very productive on the ground, but it was a bit of a tale of two halves for the offense as they only scored three points in half number two. Bottom line is, though, it still added up to a 23-20 victory as the Giants get their second win of the season. And, Jeff, this was a game we talked about in the pregame, the importance of the Giants running the ball because, number one, Washington had the number one passing defense, wearing down their defense, and the Giants certainly accomplished that in the first half alone. They had over 100 yards, and protecting the football and this was here we go the first game of the season clean football from start to finish at least in terms of making sure you don't give Washington any gifts well you're not going to get into too many games and not win when you come away with five takeaways and you don't turn the ball over um, and you rush for 165 yards and you also have time of possession of 36 minutes and the other team only has 23 those are I mean you can't ask for a better formula to win a football game the one thing that does scare you a little bit Lance is that the five takeaways and you only win the game by three points so there is a little bit of a story inside there and you just said it in the second half the defense comes to your rescue especially in the last two and a half minutes of the game where they get two takeaways um, and that's part of it so you will never ever say sorry for wins especially in the division that's for sure absolutely especially when the Giants have been hovering around that 3-3 three and three mark in the division or less over the last few years. Now they position themselves at 500 through the first four, knowing that they got the Eagles coming up on Sunday, and then they'll have the Dallas Cowboys to finish up the season. 877-337-6666. That is the telephone number. Let's head back to the phone lines, and we check in with Bob in New Jersey. Bob, what's happening? Hi, Bob. <laughs> Timing is everything in life. You guys are talking about Evan Ingram scoring the touchdown when the second half, he killed at least two drives. I, yeah. I, I cringe every time I hear he's a mismatched nightmare. He's really a nightmare. I, well, I listen, he, he made a nice play for the touchdown catch. That was a really yeah, nice did, catch. Then, no, no, I'm not done. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, let him off. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to stop there. I mean, listen, the, the, the play, uh, the drop play, I don't know what happened. I mean, there is sun there, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you, I've played in that stadium many times. There is sun in that stadium. So I love a clarification on why he jumped for the ball because it just didn't look natural for him trying to catch that pass. And by the way, that pass did take a lot of the momentum out of the football game. Which Absolutely. I've, and so I'm with you. You know, It's just a little of Jekyll and, and Hyde. I mean, you, he has great plays, but then sometimes you just scratch your head. And, you know, the one that, that got away from him, that could have been another, you know, could have been one of the turnovers that, that would have happened in the game was another tip pass by him that turns into a, an interception. It wasn't an interception. It was close to one. But I, I agree yeah. with you, and I think it's, it's you know, he's, he's kind of a, a guy that just you scratch your head out. Uh, you scratch your head every game about him. You really do. He must, ha- he must have a wonderful personality. Oh, he's a great guy. Trust <laughs> he's me. Got, he's a, he's a, got, a, yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. But he's a coach killer. I mean, every <laughs> well, time they get close, he does something that, I don't know. 
I yeah. wish the guy a lot of luck. Well, it's a matter but, of him uh, cleaning up just some of the mental sure. mistakes. I mean, that's the bottom line. But, you know, you are still talking about a first-round pick, Bob, and you don't just necessarily part ways with first-round picks in the blink of an eye just because you're frustrated, you know, over a few plays here or there and appreciate well, the phone call. And the other t- thing, too, Lance, when, and that's a great point you, you bring up. I mean, we, let's talk about last week and the trade deadline. Look at all the talk that has been gone around Twitter and, and on the Internet about, you know, teams inquiring about some of the Giants players. I promise you. Some of those Giants players was one Evan Ingram. It had to be it. But the Giants figured, hey, you know what? They're, he's more valuable to this team than somebody else's draft pick. So they kept him, and they, they, they believe they can develop this kid and still make him a good football player. Well, he's also on a rookie contract, to your point, Jeff, too. Yeah. And in the salary cap error, you, know, you don't just all of a sudden part ways with guys who you have under your control plus the fifth-year option, which the Giants picked up. And in the days of roster management, you know, you have to be smart and wise with respect to that. But, you know, as you noted, there's certainly things he needs to clean up. I mean, I'll go back to that play you were referencing, Jeff. You're talking about an opportunity. It's first and 10 at the Washington 45. So you're knocking on the door of midfield. And I believe he would have made the catch right around the 27. And that's great field positioning. And you're looking at at least, hey, tacking on a field goal, perhaps. And that's a drop. And then a few negative plays follow. So there's no doubt about it. It was a turning point. But at the same time, there's a number of things all around that the Giants, you can argue, still need to clean up, not just necessarily Evan Ingram on an island all by himself. One of the, one of the things that, that I really enjoyed about Daniel Jones today, not turning the football over, was probably the biggest one. But the other one was in a similar situation where it was a third and long. Um, and Daniel Jones, rather than you know trying to take a shot down the field to make a first down, he made a completion that got the Giants into field goal range, and I believe it was the 48-yard field goal that Graham Gano had hit. Um, I'm not, I don't have my notes in front of me. I have to go back of those. But the fact is that he did a nice job of getting the ball down the field in order to keep the team still in their field goal field goal range without panicking on a third and long. And that that's just that's progress to me. That's really good progress by Daniel Jones, in my opinion. So the Giants plus five in turnover differential. It helps them beat Washington 23-20. to We're going to be hearing from Daniel Jones shortly. Right now, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Tom Brady and Drew Brees go head-to-head on Sunday Night Football. Hear it on the home of Boomer and Geo in the morning. WFAN, WFAN-FM, New York. So Daniel Jones will be hearing from as we move along here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll also look ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles game next Sunday as the Giants have one more divisional game before their bye. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you as the Giants top Washington 23-20 to sweep the season series. Giants now 2-7 and seven on the season. Daniel Jones and the Giants played clean football. Daniel Jones spoke to the media and his media session brought to you by MetLife. Help MetLife celebrate the incredible workforce of the tri-state area. Submit your design idea for two-story high murals being installed at MetLife Stadium. Go to Giants.com slash MetLife to submit your designs today. Here is Daniel Jones speaking with reporters. Uh, I know this is a strange place to start, but you got sacked on the la- your last snap there, and you held on to the ball, which, you know, a sack is a negative play, but it's obviously a positive play that you held on to the ball there on a blindside sack. Just talk a little bit about, sense in the ball security in that spot uh yeah you know I think that that's been a focus of of mine and and you know obviously know the importance of uh you know holding on the ball and uh you know defense did a great job today coming up with with five turnovers and and uh you know offense we were able to protect it today and that was a you know a big a big advantage for us so 
uh, you know, those, those are big plays in the game. And, and uh, you know, I've got to got to do a good job holding on the ball. We talk a lot about when you guys play Dallas and Philly about losing streaks and trying to like, do they have your number? The flip side of that is you're four and zero against Washington. Is there anything to that, Daniel? You have one win against Tampa and then four against Washington. Why do you play so well and get so much confidence against them? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if it's uh, specific to one team or you know. I think uh, you know each game is is separate from from the other and and. Um, you know, it's just happened that we've come, come ready to play uh, against Washington these these last four times, and and uh, you know have been able to to uh, you know get wins. So uh, we'll look to build off of it. You know, next week going into going into Philly. Washwards. Hey Daniel, a uh, couple of things. Can you just describe that blindside hit that you took and were able to hold on to the ball? And um, number two, um, the offense really bogged down in the second half. Uh, you know, you guys couldn't put really many points on the board. As you're going down the stretch there and the defense has given up some yards and some points, did it ever allow you to think, oh, no, you know, this is going to happen again to this team? Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, when you're in the game, you're, you're always, um, you know, you're always, you know, playing to, to score points. You're always playing to, to keep the ball moving forward and, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't execute well enough there in that second half. And, and uh, you know, like you said, didn't score, um, you know, didn't finish drives. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly look at that. We'll, we'll watch the tape, study from it, and, um, you know, see what we could have done better in those situations. But the defense came up big there down the stretch. We are able to, you know, get a turnover there. And, and um, you know, that was big for us. Um, as far as that, that last play, yeah, just uh, safety came off the edge and, and – uh, you know, hit me in the back and, and, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, we'll look at it and, and, and learn from it and, uh, you know, just got to, you know, hold on the ball and, and you know, that, that keeps us, uh, in a position, sets our defense up, uh, with a long field and, uh, I'll continue to focus on that. Can you think of it in that situation when you're getting hit? I mean, you don't even see the guy that I got to hold on to this ball. Was it instinct? You know, did you, did, was it just muscle memory or, um, did it just not come out? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always, always trying to hold on to the ball and, and, uh, do my best to secure it. So, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, right there, I was able to do it. We'll take three more Patty, Tom, Otis, Patty training, Giants country. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Good. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. Daniel, I know you probably are going to want to look at the film, but can you just give some initial thoughts on the play of the offensive line, especially, you know, the rotation that the coach has going on and just not just their pass protection, but also what they were able to do with the run game, considering this, I think, was the fourth week in a row that you guys ran for over 100 yards as a group? Yeah, you know, they've done a great job. Um, you know, they've done a great job these last few weeks. And uh, you know, Coach Colombo has them going, and, and the rotation, like you mentioned, uh, rotating those guys in and out, and 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 keeping them fresh. I think, um, you know, you, you said it. We ran the ball, uh, ran the ball effectively all day, and I think that was a big, uh, you know, big advantage for us uh, using tempo, being on the ball, and then able to, you know, keep the pressure on them and run the ball. And and um, you know, th those guys did a, did a great job up front against a, a really good defensive front, and you know, a defensive front that has the ability to. Uh, you know, really impact the game and change the game. And those guys did a great job all day, uh, you know, enforcing our will, running the ball, and then and then protecting the pass game too. So those guys deserve a lot of credit. Thanks, Daniel. I'm Rock. 
Daniel, when did you know that Golden wasn't going to make the trip with you guys? And then sort of following up on that, uh, can you just talk about the connection you have with Mac? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, we learned that uh, this week and, and uh, you know, just, just prepared to, to play and, and, and uh, you know, go through the plan and, and get ready to play. Um, you know, Austin did a, did a great job stepping up and, and made a lot of plays for us. Uh, he's someone who, who you can trust to be in the right spot, who's, uh, you know, consistent and, and brings it every day at practice. And, you know, I certainly have a lot, of, a lot of trust in him. And like I said, he stepped up and made a lot of big plays today. And do you ever, have you ever heard back from uh, Eli after yelling his name so often at the, at the line of scrimmage there and during games? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. He hadn't said much about that yet, but uh, maybe I'll hear from him now. Thank you. Last one here, Otis. All right. Congratulations on the win, Daniel. Uh, I'm sure that the offense is not happy that you weren't able to salt away the game, but it's a team game. The defense stepped up. What was the vibe on the sideline as far as the offense went, though? Is this a you know turning point maybe that you guys were able to get a win that you should have won coming down the stretch? Uh, yeah, I think there's lots of things to to take from this game and, and build on. I think um, you know in the second half we uh, you know we, we had some drives. You know we moved the ball a little bit and then kind of stalled out in a couple of situations that uh, that hurt us and prevented us from from getting points. So. You know, we'll we'll look at that. We'll learn from it and and see you know see what we got to do in those situations better. But um, you know, I think that there are things to to build on from this game. I think you know we'll continue to to improve and and you know that's the goal every week. So uh, you know, back to work, back to work tomorrow and and look to uh, take another step this week against Philly. So that was Giants quarterback Daniel Jones addressing the media as the Giants beat Washington 23-20 to for their second win of the season. And clearly, Jeff, he was asked a lot about the ball security issue, which has unfortunately come back to bite him more often than not. But he took care of the football today. And even in the second half, when the Giants only scored three points... You know, and this is, once again, something that Jason Garrett talked about during the week we addressed in the pregame show... You take a sack, you have a negative play, go down and live to see another possession, live to see another drive, have special teams flip the field as opposed to trying to force something, and he did exactly that in the second half. Yeah, and also uh, not to mention when the pocket broke down, you know, he stepped up in the pocket and he tried to run a little bit. Just, you know, he wanted to, to run a little bit more than he did, but that's part of the process, and we talked about quarterbacks making good decisions in the pocket one of those good decisions is to know when you're not going to force the football number one number two understand what the situation is down in distance and then the third one is tuck it and run he has the ability to make plays through his feet but the second the third one is when you're running just just get positive yards you had mentioned earlier with bob and carl that the giants only had one negative play today that is huge for this team you know, when you're in those negative plays, four, five, six of them in a game, your second and third and longs, those become very difficult plays to execute and design. So when you're in positive second and third downs, you got a better chance. Yeah, and that's what really jumped out to me. It wasn't just necessarily the 100 yards rushing, which they were over at the half, but as you mentioned, only having one negative two-yard run, and that was it. Everything else led to positive yards. The only time the Giants, you can argue, backed themselves in a hole was as a result of penalties 
whether it be holding or offensive yeah. pass interference, but it was not because of negative rushing yards. Yeah. And penalties are, in, a, in an essence, a negative play, but, you know, as far as um, a physical negative play, no. But, you know, and I think Alfred Morris and, and uh, Wayne Gallman, they bring that aggressive running style to the line of scrimmage. Their guys will get you hard yards, and they're, they're north-south runners. Uh, Deion Lewis is a guy that he'll get you the yards. I mean, I, I didn't know, understand about the fourth and one play to Deion Lewis up the middle um, out of the shotgun. I, I didn't get that play, but you know, the fact is, is that you got two big runners and, and Gallman's not a big guy, but he runs like a big guy, you know? So those are, those are good things to see from your running backs and them getting positive yards like they did today. And it's the fourth straight game in which the Giants have surpassed the century mark on the ground. The fourth time also in the last five games in which they have accomplished that feat. Well, stick with us if you are listening to us on The Fan in New York. We'll be right back with more post-game coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms. As the final score once again, Giants hold off Washington 23-20 to to sweep the season series. The Giants now have won five in a row over Washington. They're 2-7 and seven on the season, 2-2 two and two in divisional play. And up next is a showdown with the Eagles next Sunday at MetLife Stadium. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.